1: Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app or head to Anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen.
2: Hi, this is Ruben off the Cheek.
1: I'm Pat Nevin.
3: I'm Mason Mount. You're listening
0: to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back. Uh, breaking news pod coming at you real hot. We interrupt our regularly scheduled keep sell loan week to have a transfer record deals happening. Chelsea ruining football. Your host is always Brandon joined by Nick and Dan also here to ruin the football for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. But gentlemen, while you are exciting and people come for your shenanigans, we do have a special guest, an inaugural guest the first time at Smarter Scout. Uh, Dan, welcome to the pod. We are genuinely thrilled to have you hanging out with us tonight, especially with the topics in front of us.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a really exciting transfer window. Despite everything everybody said about not a lot of money flowing around and all the teams are just going to sit pat with their squads, not Roman Abramovich. So let's see what he and Marina Granovsky have cooked up.
0: I love it. And just to kind of intro yourself to the audience, if you are silly and haven't heard of Smarter Scout, at Smarter Scout, linked in the description, uh, just kind of give us the idea of what you do with your profile and your platform. We try to retweet as much of this stuff, especially as Chelsea related as we can. But uh, here's your chance kind of give everyone the 411.
3: So Smarter Scout is the first publicly available advanced analytics platform for soccer, for global soccer, we say, because we cover 48 leagues around the world on the site. And some of the special things about it are not just that you can get some of the fancy metrics to do with expected goals that you've already heard of, but you get a lot of other metrics that maybe you haven't heard of, which are really precise for evaluating specific skills that players may have. And the thing to top it all off is that we adjust each metric individually for differences between leagues. So you can choose any league you want in our database as your benchmark league, and then we'll adjust all the stats for a player coming from another league to simulate how he might have performed in your league. And that's exactly the kind of thing that you want to be doing if you're considering a player coming from, let's say, the Bundesliga or Ligue 1 to the Premier League.
0: Dan, you're licking your lips over there. Calm down. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> it's,
3: it's
1: almost like we're going to have a good idea of how Kai Havertz and Thiago Silva are going to play what? in Chelsea.
2: <laughs> almost. Almost.
1: Nick,
0: almost. I'm going to have to ask you to keep your stats, excitement. To a minimum, we have to be professional
2: tonight. No, I refuse. Thank you. Not All as right. we well, crack
1: hey. a German Piltner All right, we'll celebrate.
2: T- cheers to that. Um... Well,
0: real quick, uh, we're not going to do the usual shout outs and everything, but I do want to let everyone know uh, if you're looking to buy new kits for the upcoming season, we do have a link to fanatics.com. That's for you based in the US. That's who Chelsea uses to distribute. It will be in the show notes. All you have to do is click the link and then purchase whatever you're going to purchase. There's no discount, but we get a a small commission kickback. Uh, So if you're going to buy it, just you could just click our link and still buy it. No no difference to you. Um, and we would obviously appreciate the the support. Please don't go buy something just to buy something. If you're going to do it, do it. Uh, and I just got to give myself a shout out for my nice new sweatshirt. Iowa Strong uh, got it in the mail today. If you don't know, I'm from Iowa. It's devastated Iowa blues. I've been supporting you guys as best I can. Uh, stay safe. So on to the news. Dan presenter to be what in the world do we have to talk about on a Monday night in the middle of our keep sell loan week that's like shark week for us it's holy Uh, come on Chelsea.
1: as as Fabrizio Romano would say here we go it is transfer news the pod signal went up early this morning with (laughs) the news that Kai Havertz basically for all intensive purposes done just final paperwork elements to be done and then Thiago Silva fresh off of his contract lapsing at Paris Saint-Germain is coming to Chelsea as well so two reinforcements to veteran football players in top leagues making their way to Stamford Bridge
0: uh Dan would like to go ahead and move on from you appreciate that to Nick for a an immediate reaction don't hold back. Feel free to overhype and say something you might regret later.
2: <laughs> uh, well, yeah. When have I ever done that? <laughs> Never. Um, Predictions are great. I think, as Ric Flair once said, <laughs> "Woo!" Um, I'm really excited about these two. I have a I have a particular interest in Chelsea's success, and I think these are two players that could help us. Uh, attained said success, um, both in areas of need. Uh, one being a little more shocking than the other, and we'll get into why. But um, yeah, I think I think these are going to be good. All right, My test. Yeah, Dan, your kind of uh, initial
0: reaction to the the fact that Chelsea are one step away from signing Kai Havertz.
3: Well, I got to say he is one of the key players in the Bundesliga. It's funny, you know, um, Dan called him a veteran and the guy just turned 21 in June, but he is a veteran. You know, he's been playing serious minutes in the Bundesliga for a pretty good team in Bayer Leverkusen uh, since 2016-17 season. So, you know, he is a veteran and he's coming in with some really fierce stats. The guy has been producing at a high level for, I would say, three seasons now. He is a player who came out of their organization. He's been there for 10 years, and he's clearly ready to step up and start making a big difference at the Champions League level.
0: I tell you what, that Mr. dormer that makes me lick my lips a little bit myself
1: and uh, rub my hands together.
0: <laughs> what a recipe. Your initial reaction?
1: Well, so I think I did the three-word summary game, which I enjoy, but it's generational German get. He's coming. We got him. We got the signature. We got our guy. Obviously, a lot of confluence to that happening. You know, the global market contracted. The amount of clubs available to go out and spend was limited. And, you know, everything from our transfer ban to the players we sold off and in, in Eden Hazard and Murata have all given us a position to be able to, you know, be poised in this moment to pick up the signature of someone who is, again, extremely talented and is, it's going to be super exciting.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled. Uh I'm not potentially playing this three-word game, but I
2: feel like Nick, you you have a comparison I, that you'd love to get into. I'm gonna buy you some time, so think of three whole words, Brandon. Um the the three words I will use is feels like hazard. Um obviously the fee is more than we paid for Ed and Hazard back in twenty twelve, but it feels like you're getting the twenty one year old up and comer already kind of broken through, seems like a sure thing type of a player. And they're obviously far different players. They have far different attributes. But it feels, it feels like that again to me, and that's huge.
3: Yeah, there's another thing that's really worth adding in here, which is when you look at the forwards that Chelsea have signed, you've got Pulisic, you've got um, Timo Werner, and you've got Kai Havertz. These three guys are Bundesliga veterans already and still quite young. They know each other. They've played against each other. They've played in a similar style. And a couple of them, at least, will be linking up in the national team. And then you add Ziyech into that, who is another Champions League-level player. You know, You've got your forward line basically set for a lot of years going into the future. And the more these guys play together, the better an understanding they're going to create between each other. It's something we actually saw between Eden Hazard and Cesc Fàbregas when he was with Chelsea. You know, we ac- I actually tracked their statistics over the first season that they played together and they became more productive together as those passing combinations started to become more routine for them.
0: Well, I am all about it. I mean, I always just want to go back to like, let's fucking go, the hype train, Chelsea rooting football. I mean... It's just, there's nothing but pure for me in this one. Like I, I admittedly haven't watched all of the kind of hype tapes that are out there on YouTube because there are endless amounts of them. But when you hear people educated, like Dan Smarter Scout, like people who have watched the Bundesliga, um, uh, man, what's his name? that's always on ESPN FC, the German, uh, Raf, Rafa Honigstein. I mean, he yep. called him a generational talent. I, I tend to trust those people and, and what they have to say. And so I'm excited to get into it. Um, well, uh, appropriately, we pulled in one of your tweets, Dan, on the Smarter Scout um, Twitter profile and says, imagine if Averts and Werner ended up playing up front together at Stanford Bridge and then take that partnership to Germany's international matches. Scary. What, what will that look like? Like, let's help paint that picture of a Timo Werner, or Kai Everts one-two punch up front for Chelsea.
3: You know what it reminds me of? I'm going to take it back to those four players that I was mentioning with Pulisic and, and Ziyech potentially, or even you know Mason Mountain. You've got some youngsters in there too, uh, like Gilmore. Um, you know, Throw all these players in, and you've got a combination that might feel a little bit like Barcelona under Pep Guardiola in the late 2000s when he would often use two sets of forwards who were not out-and-out strikers, but two sets of sort of forward players who could play wide, play centrally, and they would alternate. And the opposition really never knew which pair was going to come at him. And it was an extremely powerful way to play. And if you watched Guardiola's first match as coach of Manchester City, back when they had Nolito uh, amongst other forwards, he played. he had about five forwards in that match. And and it was just an incredible, irresistible onslaught. And these players have that kind of versatility. Uh, Ziyech is a player that I've followed for years. I thought years ago he'd be a good fit in the Premier League because he can play centrally or out wide. You see the same with Pulisic. I keep using the German pronunciation, well, German and Slavic pronunciation because we're talking about Bundesliga, but Pulisic. Um, and, uh, And then you look at Werner, who's been used to playing, coming in off the left side. Um, and, and now with Herberts, who could play just about anywhere across the forward line, uh, you have that versatility to have the same setup that Guardiola used at Barcelona in those very exciting years.
0: Dan, Dormer, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, if that's the kind of comparison that we have to look forward to, um, there's nothing short of excitement all the way around. Um, but from well. your perspective, yeah, I mean, Kivert's, do you even know where he's going to play or do you, do you think we have an idea?
1: Do, do we know where he's going to play? That's a great question. I think that that actually is the uh, hundred million euro question, depending upon uh, how much we end up paying out in incentives. And oh, yeah. you know, I think 80 million euros for a flat fee, but then like, here's the other thing. You're paying an extra 10 million if you get back into the Champions League, which pays for itself. And then if you're winning Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues, you're paying another 10, which also pays for itself as well. So I'm not really concerned that there's a 20 million euro uh, add on bonus because it just means that we're being successful. And so the deal worked out well. I I think where I'm intrigued, Nick, is that we've seen Havertz play in uh on a a kind of a right wing we've seen him play as that attacking mid we've seen him play this season as the striker when there were injuries in Leverkusen and so like that versatility you know we've talked about like a couple of the signings this season you know we look at just how flexible they are is really going to make it you know to to Dan's point like so difficult for I think a the coaching staff to figure out how they're going to deploy them but also for teams (laughs) on how they're going to defend them
2: yeah I I was I was Gonna say the same thing. I think Frank has a lot of decisions to make, and and probably a lot of decisions week to week to make. Um, yeah, I mean, I think when we when we talked about the potential of adding Havertz in our in our keep cell loan in our midfield uh, edition, which will be out uh, Wednesday, as this is out on a Tuesday, uh, we kind of illustrated him into a four three three as a number eight, right? J- just for example. Um, and he obviously has played deeper, so there's a lot of value to him kind of coming, making runs that are a little bit deeper that way. I think when you've seen some of his uh, passing statistics and also you've seen some of the highlight reels of him just putting uh, balls on plates uh, for strikers who can't hit them into the net, you're like, oh man, if you had a quality striker, you'd probably have 20, 30 assists <laughs> this year. Um, so I think his positional flexibility is going to be crucial. Um, We, we have not said enough yet that there will be about a thousand matches in two months, less time this year. So it will be needed. Uh, He, he will likely play on the right. He'll likely play as a forward. At some point, he'll likely play as an eight. He could play as a 10. If we play a four, two, three, one, all of that, you know, who knows Uh, there's, there's a lot you can do with a guy like that. And I think it'll just be kind of matchup dependent and, uh, good luck if you're facing him. You know, I think a
0: lot of people have been like, oh, this is going to be bad for Mason Mount. I think it's the opposite. I think this helps Mason because Kai does have the flexibility. It might actually let Mason kind of settle in to a midfield role and be an eight and let him be the versatile player to play across the front for positions that we might have. So, I, look, I'm excited. Um, Mr. Smarter Scouts, is there anything on the Kaiverts profile page you guys have here? Then maybe you want to point out and kind of walk us through some of your analysis that is publicly available online for anyone to go check out.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can see that the position where he's really sort of settled down is as an attacking midfielder, where he lines up centrally, but often then drifts off to the right. Um, He's similar in that way to Ziyech, actually. Uh, The thing that's different about him, though, is the way he gets things done is with very incisive short passes. He doesn't make big, long passes into the box. He doesn't get into the box that often himself to shoot, though he can play as a striker. Um, but when he's playing in that attack of midfield role, he's making these critical short passes that just unlock defenses. And his output in doing that for the last couple of seasons has been growing steadily and probably will continue to grow since as i said he's just twenty one years old we would expect him to be hitting his peak around twenty four twenty five and to have a couple more peak years after that so there might be much more to come from him the thing that's interesting about him is that he is also a great finisher and so if you did want to play him up front, you probably would get some good change out of him. The thing at Bayer Leverkusen was that if he was playing up front, well, who was supplying the balls, you know? <laughs> but imagine with the guys that could be playing behind him for Chelsea, it could be quite a different picture. So, you know, I could see them playing two up front, two wide, a double pivot and four at the back. I could see them playing a 4-3-3. I could see them playing a 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, if there's three up front, yeah, he could play in the middle. Um, or he could play out on the right. It's, he's just a very versatile player. Uh, what he's not necessarily great at is the dribbling, but that's just not his thing. You know, he's 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 very skillful in all the other areas, and he can play, like we said, just about any forward position. Hmm. Yeah, Dan, I, I
1: like, too, in the uh, article that you put together, Dan, that you talked about his ability at least to win aerial duels uh, from from dead balls or in the box. And so I think that's one of the things we've seen over the past one or two seasons is that with John Terry leaving, with Gary Cahill leaving, we haven't had some of the attackers or defenders who've been able uh, either to win the ball away and put it into an opposition net or <laughs> to knock it away from our own net. And I think that was one thing you guys called out that really is exciting to me. And, and that is another thing that we will will benefit from. And well, that's, excellent that's segue, a controversial
0: thing to say, Dan, by the way, <laughs> that Chelsea are not good at attacking or defending when the ball is in the air. I mean, careful. Yeah, super careful.
1: unpopular opinion,
0: Chelsea Aye. edition. <laughs> oh, jeez.
3: Well, I want to say one thing on that, which is in Olivier Giroud, you have one of the best aerial strikers in the game, um, but... You may not have realized also though I know you guys are extremely well versed that Ben Chilwell is a real force in the air, mm-hmm. especially in dead ball situations. You don't usually look to your fullback for that, but Chilwell, who's coming in at left back, is really going to shore up part of that game uh and then Tiago Silva, who you know is an aerial powerhouse, so to the degree he plays, that's a really good segue as well
2: well and and I think I would add on your analysis of Havertz, Dan that when you talk about these short passes that unlock defenses, one of Chelsea's uh, toughest uh, you know, parts of their season were against block nine, block 10 defenses, where you had teams sitting really, really deep and Chelsea trying everything they can to break through and just not really being able to, right? Um, so is a guy like Havertz, in your opinion, able to consistently kind of help break down some of those kind of lower block defenses, or is he going to uh, have to adjust to that as well in the Premier league?
3: He won't have seen quite as much of it in the Bundesliga. It's true. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, you, you start talking about stuff like that and I start asking myself, well, who really brought that to the Premier League? Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just I, I think that he's going to be very influential. You know, as I said, at Leverkusen, he was often the one uh, who was providing those options. And when he wasn't able to do it, there weren't a lot of other people around him who could necessarily do that. Um, at Chelsea, there are going to be other people. So it's going to be tougher for those low-block defenses because he's not the only one that they're going to have to worry about. Now, you know, it's important to have a target man who can bring down the ball in those situations if you have to go over the top or if you can make those shorter passes, you know, someone who's really good receiving the ball to feet. And that's what we're going to see, I think, with Werner. Werner's really good at receiving the ball to feet. And, yeah, if you had to use Giroud to get the ball over the top, maybe you could do that too.
0: Options. I'm I'm finding a common theme here with, with Chelsea's business and Frank loves options. He loves tactical flexibility, loves positional flexibility, and it's a huge signal of intent, obviously, by the club. Um, this is a ton of money in or outside of a p- pandemic transfer window. And so I think that that's really great to see because, as we all know, this is after... Signing Timo Werner and Akim Ziesh. It sounds like it is one of still a handful of deals to happen where players are coming into Chelsea. Now that we've got all of the in depth analysis uh, from Dan with Smarter Scout, gentlemen, we can grade this and, and make another great prediction about something that we can guarantee, which is the future here. Uh, Dan, we've how would you grade <laughs> the transfer?
1: Uh, I give it a 12 out of 10. Okay. Sliding scale, I can see. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I think the reason I give it the extra bonus points is for how infuriated it has made other supporters <laughs> uh, and not not to take too much uh, joy in other people's plight. But I I have enjoyed today the people asking for an inquest from UEFA into Chelsea for uh, getting this type of transfer over the line. In addition to then, uh, you know, trying to figure out how they can revision his history, Kai Havertz not being as good as he actually is, and trying to work through the mental hula hoops that they have to do to make that happen has been, it's been quite a day. It's been quite a day, Nick.
2: Quite a day, indeed. I do revel in their suffering. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give an A plus. Um, I like, I mean, this will likely be the highest profile transfer that we've ever had, uh, coming in. And it will likely be the highest profile transfer of any team this window, just given the amount of money that's being bantered about, um, you know, unless Neymar goes somewhere, you know, it could be really that impactful. Um, f- the way that Frank has been backed so far this window is absolutely insane. I mean, it is like two thousand three four Abramovich going to get the targets that he wants right now, and uh, you know, I think while there have been a lot of there's been a lot of movement in how Chelsea's business model uh, Dan has been set up over the years, it, it is clear that they have kind of changed. A lot in how they go to buy talent um, and so they're going after quality and not quantity right now.
3: yeah I think it's important to point out too though that though he's spent a lot of money in this window, how much do you expect to spend on forwards in the next three or four windows I mean these, these guys are young and mm-hmm. you expect to, to hold on to them and then you know you've got you've got Tammy Abraham too and Mason mm-hmm. Mount and you know, Billy Gilmore you, you, you're, you're setting yourself up for a while here that, that I think is the thinking. And, yeah, you know, some of these players, too, yeah, you know, if one of them really catches fire, maybe Real Madrid comes calling and you're not losing money on that. So I think from a financial responsibility point of view, you have to look at it over the cycle. And this cycle is just starting.
2: Right. And and the other thing, too, is, like, you lose Willian, you lose Pedro. You know, Giroud is on a one-year deal. The average age of your squad has gone from relatively kind of upper 20s to kind of mid 20s again and 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 that's you know that's not nothing you look at the Bayern Munich squad that just won the Champions League which I think is kind of the standard bearer in world football right now for how they play I mean they were just insane at the end of the year Um, that's that's where you're trying to get to right that's the model you're chasing you're going to chase Real Madrid again at some point and it's going to be imperative that Chelsea have the right talent to try and catch them.
1: Well, and you also added players who have either Champions League or European um, Europa League experience, too. Mm-hmm. We talk about some of the things that we struggled with this season. It's that acclimatization from playing in the Premier League to now playing against the elites of in Europe. And now you add in a Kai Havertz, a Timo Werner, a Hakam Ziyech, who all have that type of experience in their wheelhouse, That's another exciting element, too, where, you know, you weren't able to get everybody the experience they needed this season after you you really were out of it the moment we drew to Byron. Yeah. So my grade is a one.
0: Because in Germany, that means excellent in their grading system. One is great. (laughs) Six is insufficient. So since we're all using different grading systems, I might as well throw a one in
2: there. I got a bunch of sixes growing up. I think that was that was probably accurate for me personally. I would agree.
0: But hey, you yeah. know what? We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we're back though, it's all about one Tiago Silva uh, who is clearly ready to leave Paris post-UCL destruction. No, I'm just kidding. It was more disappointment than anything. Um, but thank you to the sponsor for supporting the podcast financially. Really appreciate you. And we will be... A right, a back. All right, here we go. Thiago Silva time. Did I do it right, Mister Dormer? Is that is that how Fabrizio
1: does it? It's uh, you yeah, you were okay. All C plus.
0: Right. I'll I'll take a two and a half on the German scale. So Fabrizio Four. Romano tweeting Thiago Silva to Chelsea. Here we go. The Brazilian center back today has accepted Chelsea bid until June of two thousand twenty two. He's gonna leave PSG, and sign for next two years. No chances for Fiorentina. Deal to be completed on next day's Blue Circle, Brazil flag, hashtag CFC, hashtag Chelsea, hashtag Tiago. And then he followed it up immediately saying, after Thiago signing, Chelsea will consider to loan to Mori to League 1 chances, many clubs interested, and Bakayoko to AC Milan, Advanced talks, then Emerson, Paul, Mary. So they will be completing bench. deal with Lester. Overtz agreed and paperworks time
2: handshake blue emoji pa- circle. Can I say that paperworks is my favorite word? I love that. <laughs> it's so good.
0: Paperworks time.
2: Paperworks hey, look, English second basically.
0: language. Good for him. No, I um, love it. I
2: think it's. I think I, it's awesome.
0: I know because he threw in gunna of all the gunna. slang he could. Um. All right. So Dan Dormer, you want the instant reaction again. And uh, I'm going to let you lead this off because uh, I'm going to get my my camera ready to record this.
1: That's <laughs> well, a three word summary. And so it has to be. Oh, Tiago Silva. Oh, Tiago Silva. And I'm not going to go into the rap.
0: Because yeah, I that's would smart. <laughs> There's not too many people that have a mainstream rap song about them um nick tiago silva he's old
2: as dirt what are we doing your reaction yeah, he's three years older than i am so <laughs> cool um yeah i think i think he's just at dan's age actually <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. um uh so I, i'm gonna go oh monstro silva okay The the monster um i'm just gonna stick to
0: my usual keep it simple no. No, I think with Tiago Silva, what we're getting is um needed veteran leadership. I think that's the only reason we're going after okay. that. I heard he can win a ball out of the air, but we gotta go to Smarter Scout for that because you, sir, are the expert. The tweet was Tiago Silva is looking for a new club at 35. He's still a fire overall defender, great in the air, with outstanding or outstanding with the ball retention. He's a phenomenal tackler, but has become more vulnerable when he's on the ball. And his attacking output has come down a bit. So Um. yeah, I mean, Dan, I'm just going to kind of turn over to you again uh, and let you kind of walk through some of the different things that you've researched uh, with your free-to-the-public platform when it comes to Thiago Silva and what he might look like leaving League 1 for allegedly the greatest league in the
3: world. Well, he can still do it. I think that's the the key. He can still do it. The quality of his defending is still extremely high. One thing I would say about it, though, is it wasn't quite as high in the Champions League, which is a more challenging standard than Ligue 1. Um, And so, you know, he might not be able to deal with the rigors of playing center back every single week, especially in a very busy schedule. But I think he's still got enough to be a high quality defender. He's not as aggressive as he used to be, um, but that's okay, uh, you know, because he's not going to be the only one in the back line there. His ball retention is still excellent. That means that you know, he is making it more likely that his club is going to maintain possession after he touches the ball. He's still very good in the air, especially on dead balls. You saw that goal in the Champions League final. That was Tilo Carrera. That wasn't him. You saw him looking disappointed after that, probably thinking, geez, if I were the one, I would have won that ball. But uh, you know, he he's also still a phenomenal tackler. He, he will probably be one of the best tackling center backs in the Premier League when he arrives but he's not quite as strong on the ball as he used to be. And that matters for him because his style is to bring the ball forward. You know, he, he is a ball-playing center back. He likes to get forward, um, but he's going to be a little more vulnerable, and so he's going to be have to have to be careful with that playing in the Premier League. I think that this is a deal that makes sense. It's the veteran leadership, like you said. You've got a couple of young center backs who maybe aren't ready to step up yet and maybe one in, in Zuma who's still kind of developing. I think that for them... It's probably not a huge commitment of money. It's two years, which is probably the minimum that they could get this deal for. And so overall, it's not probably a huge expenditure, and I can see how it makes sense. If he gives them that leadership, that's great too. I don't know if he speaks English, but, uh, you know, hopefully he can get his points across.
1: He definitely is more animated than most of our defenders were last season. So at least him being able to place them where they need to be appropriately on a set piece, Nick, is going to be something that I think he would accomplish very quickly.
3: Yeah. And also, you know, you don't have a goalkeeper who can really assume that role at this point. That's another area where I think the club can improve. But... uh, you, know, you, you need somebody, if it's not the goalkeeper doing the shouting, it has to be one of the central defenders.
2: Now, hold on, Dan. <laughs> You've gone too far. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I, I think when, when you look at, you know, especially just looking at the way he played in the Champions League, right, which I think is is a you know, it's the highest standard in the world, but um, it also is a standard that is is a little bit more physical than, you know, what you're typically going to get in Ligue Um It is... Interesting to me to think about, you know, what you said about him carrying the ball, right? Because in your kind of comparison, which we'll get into, his link-up play is is kind of his standout attribute. Um, and so, especially if he moves the ball forward and is maybe not as quick um, in in recovery, just due to the fact that he's thirty, you know, almost thirty-six years old, you're going to need someone behind him who's able to recover. Quickly, right? Uh, that I would assume that would be, you know, kind of the needed tactic there.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, whenever he takes the ball forward, even now or in this previous season with Paris Saint Germain, you were expecting a player to be covering him, um, and that's something that you see in other clubs that use that tactic. You know, you, you would see it at Spurs, for example. But um, you know, for him, uh, I think the question is going to be. How much can he really continue that output as the season drags on? I think at worst, he's still probably an average quality defender for the Premier League, um, even if you know, he he is really suffering those rigors. But, uh, you know, there's probably more upside there. And and like you guys said, from a leadership point of view, I think he could make a real difference.
1: Uh, what, what I like, you know, the whole idea of this being able to move the ball forward is we've seen, you know, whether it be Rudiger, whether it be Zuma, like, Tomori was probably looking like he was going to be the best moving it forward, at least at a back four. Christensen is probably the better if we were going to commit to doing a back three. I-, I love the idea of him playing in that right center back role, being able to push it forward, Zuma holding back and being that person to divide a little bit more of the defensive cover. And that solves a lot of the concerns that Frank had about, you know, are we kind of going too flat? Are we recycling the ball too much between the defenders and the midfielders? Or can we actually push the ball up forward and really compact the field so we can recycle quicker and take advantage of the speed and the pace that our side has with Havertz, with Werner, with uh, Pulisic. We're going to have so much speed up front that you have to be able to, to capitalize on that.
3: Yeah. And I think with Tammy Abraham as well, you know, he showed in the last few seasons that he's really one of the better players at receiving a ball on the dead run down the middle and then trying to create something by himself getting into the box. Um, there are some teams where you're going to have to play that style. It's very different from the way you would play with some of these other players we've been discussing. But if you have, if you have a center back who can be the one to step forward and then release that pass, that makes it even more dangerous.
2: Yeah, and looking at some of these uh, stats that we've compiled, you know, com- comparing him to... Alter and and Lindelof, his ground duels out of possession. Can, can we talk about this one, uh, Dan? Because uh, it, his ground duels out of possession are nuts, right?
3: Absolutely, yep. He is one of the best players out there at his position for taking the ball off another player.
2: That seems like something, Brandon, that we could potentially use. <laughs> I just, I'm throwing <laughs> it Valu- out there. You think that's a valuable skill set in this game as a defender? <laughs> I think... I think it's probably
0: good context, though. Of like w- what we're getting. I mean, right? This isn't a Virgil Van Dyke, you know. This is, you know, Alderweireld is considered a, a good Premier League defender. Lindelof depends on the day, you know, to be fair. But with Thiago Silva, it's gonna be, it's gonna be important that he also backs up his leadership traits with just playing the game as well. Because at some point, organizing will only go so far. But it just happens to be that nobody organizes in Chelsea's back line right now, except Aspen is tough from the right. So to have someone centrally who can yell at the goalkeeper, who can yell at his counterpart, um, and just organize again to JT hearkening back to those days where everyone knew where they needed to be because JT was telling them, um, you know, it's gonna be good. You know, but Dan Dormer, like, he's
1: still gotta play, you know, otherwise he's just a coach on the field. Well, and and that's the big piece there too is going to be you know I, I think the other thing is just looking at this as the context as we think about like grading the the transfer, what getting Thiago Silva on a free enables is a couple things. One, we didn't spend thirty to forty million in a transfer fee on another stopgap center back solution, right? We we we've seen. This this whole transfer window is about trying to right the wrongs of the past. And in the past, we would have gone out and we would have said, hey, Lewis Dunk, like at twenty eight, twenty nine, like we're going to bring you in for 40 million pounds and you're going to be serviceable. But you're still not the number one, the kind of VVD equivalent that we're looking to put in Chelsea's back line and be there for a decade plus and be the, the base of the spine. And so and that – and he also was on – lower wages relatively. So actually his like on the book value is going to be super low. And so that gives you a lot of flexibility that if you want to make one or two, maybe more splashy signings before the end of this window, whether that's upgrading our keeper position or going after someone like Declan Rice and adding him into our squad, you have a little bit more flexibility to do that now than if you had wasted, invested that 30 to 40 million pounds on a center back versus
3: going the route with Tiago Silva. I think it's important to add, too, that if you look at the last couple of years that John Terry was with the club, we have a stat which is called defending quantity, as distinct from defending quality. Defending quality is about sort of how likely it is that you're going to give up territory per defending opportunity. What is the quality of your actions just in that one moment? But the defending quantity is how many of these defending opportunities you get per minute out of possession. So, you know, how much are you actually defending? What's your output rate? How aggressive are you? And Terry, in his last couple of years, was way down, way down on the quantity metric. And so was Per Mertesacker in his last years at Arsenal. And these are guys who are veteran central defenders who are no longer as aggressive, but they find another way to get it done. They do it with positioning. They know how to shift the whole back line and maybe even the whole back half of the squad from place to place to minimize danger. And so they just they don't get involved in as many of the tackles. And it's like that old story about Stam and Alex Ferguson. Why did Alex Ferguson let go of Stam? He wasn't making many tackles. Well, duh because the guy was just pushing players around in other ways. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's that ability to use their experience to read the game and avoid the confrontation by just changing the environment that makes some of these defenders special. And so, yeah, Thiago Silva is not as aggressive as he was in previous seasons right now, and he probably might be even less aggressive despite the, the rush of blood to the head of playing in the Premier League. But hopefully he can provide some of that same nous as Terry did in his last seasons for you guys.
0: I mean, I'm not opposed to having a calm, collected center back yeah. anchoring our defense. We have seen Rudiger throwing rash tackles. We've even seen Christiansen step. Uh, we know Zuma loves to step and press the ball. So to have him be able to like sit back and continue to to keep shape and maintain, um, I look, you on paper, I think what we've come to the point is on paper, this this seems to make a lot of sense. It's not financially a gamble. It's from his stats and his qualities, it seems to fit a big need for Chelsea, and he's different. You could kind of say that Zuma and Rudiger are kind of the same, and the fact that they love a tackle, um, they are very athletic, um, and you know, Christensen is much more of the ball playing center back, and so I think he just adds something different to the mix completely, and and that's good to have different players, different personalities, and different you know, ways to go about it. So um, yeah, I I think it'll be, it'll be just a a good mix of nothing else. Like it it just seems to be pretty low risk. So uh, with all the data and the, all the information gentlemen, how do you grade this transfer? Um, Please keep it consistent. Like before Nick,
2: your grading scale. I'm going to go uh, a B minus. um, And not because I I don't, rate him you know i just i think the thing that i'm i'm kind of associating with tiago silva coming in is that Tamori's going to leave and i hate that personally um i'd much rather see christensen or rudiger leave personally um so i you know i especially as we're talking about some of the characteristics the fact that he wants to uh, take the ball bo- you know tiago silva wants to take the ball in move the field a, a guy like tamori with his like ridiculous speed would be an incredible asset to sit back in in those situations. So, uh I'm going to go B minus. I I hope that he is able to play you know 50 to 60% of the matches this year. Um I know his minutes were a little bit down um this year, so you know, let's kind of see how it goes, but there's no way he's going to be able to play every single match of our 60 some odd game season next year.
1: It's condensed. And and some of his minutes were down too because they canceled their uh, their season earlier. True.
2: Oh, funny how
1: that works.
0: Jeez, (laughs) Uh, Mister Dormer.
1: I'm going with a seven point five out of ten. I think it is subject to revisit based upon if this deal helps procure another fantastic signing in our goalkeeping. Or um, defensive mid position, like a Declan Rice. If we end up getting another player of of that caliber and quality into the side, I I revise or I take my opportunity to revise this up to an eight point five or nine.
0: Yeah, I probably won't give you that opportunity, so that's fair. (laughs) Um, I'm giving a bom, which is good in Portuguese, Mm. which is also a seven to an eight point nine nine. Or if you want, we could call it a medio superior. But I'm just telling you that's what the Portuguese or the Brazilians do down there. So it's a bum.
2: Bum. Wow. You're be, welcome. Be careful. For be careful that you're not you saying a little bit, educating you. Kind of sounds like saying bum, so just be careful. Look, well, Dan not from the Smartest Scout, you
0: got to help me out here. I'm educating people out here just like you. We are clearly cut <laughs> from the same cloth. Uh, I feel your pain, man. Uh, but honestly, thank you. Uh, the data that your platform has provided when it comes – not only to just, in general, understanding a player. The fact that you take it from one league, you apply your algorithm to it based on and projecting it to it to be in another league, I think it's absolutely amazing. All of you Chelsea fans listening out there and maybe just general football, soccer fans at Smarter Scout, link in the description. This is ridiculous. Dan, thank you for providing such a massive value to the, the soccer community at large.
3: Uh, you're most welcome. You know, I just got sick of seeing all this stuff always under wraps and inside black boxes, and I thought, let's just break open the black box. You know, let's let everybody have access to some of this stuff. Let's explain how it works and that's how people are going to start to get interested in it and trust it and make decisions that are going to reduce the risks for their clubs. So uh, I hope everybody enjoys.
2: Dan if if someone wanted to dive even deeper than kind of the surface level stuff, like what what offerings do you guys have that that they might be able to do that?
3: Well, you know, we have three tiers of regular membership. There's the free tier where you get 27 leagues. You can move up to the premium tier for 5 bucks a month and that gives you access to six second-tier leagues, the top five in Europe and the USL Championship. You also get a bunch of new tools, different badges for looking at players to see if they'd be good or bad in your league. And all. obviously, the most important one is our young prospects algorithm, where we have a special exclusive algorithm calibrated to about a decade of debuts in Europe's top 5 leagues to identify the most promising profiles at each position of players who can go and start at a higher level and then we have the pro level of access which gives you 48 leagues from around the world including all of conmeball some eastern european leagues and there you get new tools as well where you can look at uh, players using a sort of heuristic search, what do you think is important and not important at a position. And if you really can't get enough, you can upgrade to the data scientist plan where we send you automatically three times a week our entire updated database going back to the 2016 season of all of our metrics, plus some additional metrics if you want. So we we have a ton of options for everybody's level of interest, and we just hope that people get a kick out of it.
2: Statos, this is for you. Just, just dive in head first. Well, Don't even think about it.
1: I, I would say it's, it's not, it's, I mean, the benefit of this, and, you know, as, as someone who works with a lot of data day to day at work, is the, the visualization piece is really important because Thank it helps you. make it very easy for someone who's looking to to learn and expand their knowledge and try to kind of actually take the number and bring it into something that actually makes sense. And uh, mm-hmm. what you guys have done, Dan, is, is really fantastic.
3: Well, thanks, you know, the visualizations were the most fun part to work on. You know, we've got a map, touch map, or heat map called the Smarter Map, where we've actually made it 3D and rotatable, so you can look at it, blow it up, zoom out, zoom in, whatever you want, and it's all color-coded by the types of actions that the players do at each position. So you get a huge amount of information just on that one visualization. We got comparisons where you could use data visualizations to compare up to three players at a time, or even the same player in three different positions or three different seasons. It's really versatile. And finally, we've got the shot maps, which are color-coded for expected goals. Yeah. And you can switch different types of shots on and off, whether you want to look at headers or non-headers, et cetera. We try and make every tool as versatile as possible so that you can get exactly what you want from it.
2: If you have ever wanted to be Tony Stark with Jarvis, this is you.
0: <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so do it. Hey, and credit to you guys for the articles as well. I mean, you have one mm-hmm. even here, a special report. What can data say about black coaches? You aren't even guys just taking the easy way you know, like the top level articles and headlines and things, clearly, you guys are paying attention to the bigger picture. Uh, and you're taking your platform and applying to it. So it's also just like good for you um, for for going into things like that as well and bringing data into these big questions that leak into society as well, because football and society and soccer and society definitely are intertwined. So the articles and I think just what you guys do with your platform is is fantastic. So. We will become patrons of you, customers, and start pulling it in for our scripts and things, and, and being able to to help educate ourselves as we get to talk about the team we love to with the people that we love to talk about. So, thank you, Dan, and Smarter Scout and your team and everything. Fantastic stuff.
3: Thanks so much, guys. I just want to mention that we are also the first advanced analytics company to join Common Goal, which means that we donate mm-hmm. a minimum of a one percent of our revenue to soccer and humanitarian aid-related organizations around the world. This was the group that was started by Juan Mato with Jürgen Griesbeck. And uh, we support organizations this way, uh, like the Sana Foundation, um, which is working out of the Twin Cities. And I know them Aiden. very well. Yeah. So um, you know we're very proud to be part of that as well. And we really think that uh, the sport can be a force for good.
0: love it. A lot of alignment on our end. So anyways, there's so many reasons. Go check it out at Smarter Scout. Links in the description. Dan, thank you again. Uh, Dan Dormer, Nick Verlaney, gentlemen, appreciate your contributions to this one. It's going to be a wild week. I hope we have another pod <laughs> special this week. You know what happens if we do? That is a new pod every single day this week in the offseason.
2: It's, it's too much. Why you, why you guys? Why
0: you guys put up with us is insane. We have no idea. Why. We've already gotten tweets that saying "Can't wait! Hurry up and release it!" I read the news today, and I want and I and I just I need it now. My Chelsea junkie loves reaching a whole new heights. Thank you, Bates P. Ken. It is coming to you. We have full-time that, jobs. That's are trying. Wrap. sorry we waited 17 <laughs> we're doing, hours. We're doing that's the best wrap we can. Up. <laughs> Chelsea fans, thank you so much for listening again at Smart Scout. Go check them out. Uh, more transfer updates as they come. Uh, super excited. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do.
3: Keep the blue flag flying high.